Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! Welcome in to 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett here today to talk to you about Kentucky football. Uh, they lost by 60 on Saturday. That was bad. Good news is that uh, can, really Luckett, I just I couldn't have been happier with the news that just broke before we decided to record. And that's that the guy that Kentucky is just took out to the woodshed in their first ever meeting, the only time they've ever met him, he cried about L's down. He was just all shucks, all good old boy until the L's down. And then Scott gets a little bit of scared. And now he's going to go off to South Carolina to be their head coach. He's not going to be their head coach like it, but he's one of a few people that South Carolina is interviewing. And I just, I think it's hilarious like it that he's actually getting an interview for this head coaching vacancy. Yeah, I'm getting uh, some Fuente vibes there with Scott Satterfield, where oh, he's he's the, trying to he's trying to get out kind of thing, um, but he's not really that much of a candidate at other places. Fuente publicly kind of went after the Baylor job last year and couldn't get it, um, and then it's going to lead to some awkwardness, obviously, when he has to address this in the media, especially if he doesn't get it. So we'll see how we'll see how he handles it. But um, on a surface level, just on Satterfield, we can get in the South Carolina search um, because I think they're kind of making it obvious who they're going to hire or who they want to hire as of right now. Like the, you have to worry, like is a fit there for him? Like behind the scenes, is he like I, I like it here? Is this someplace I think I can win at long term? If he's looking at a job like this, a South Carolina job like we talked about, that's not really set up to win pretty easily right now. Uh, that 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 would sound some alarms. Um, if you're in his camp, or if you're just in the Louisville's camp in general, I think this is. I look at this as kind of a warning sign that maybe he's kind of worried about um, the future, or maybe he's just all shucks. He's just got to get back in the Carolinas. Carolina calling him home, like Eric Church, Eric Church sings about. Oh man, great song too. One of his best. Also, uh, yeah, Eric Church. He he was one of my favorites for a while, and he's gotten all bro country lately. But like it, there's um, living a part of life. Great yeah. original sound. That first CD or what do you call it? Album CD, whatever you want to call it. That first one, great song. Great to start to finish. That one's very good. I, I highly recommend. Um, but, Damn good. Yeah, yeah. Start to finish. Great, great album. But um. That's some good country music, man. Taking me back like it because I, I I'm not a big country guy anymore. But that was that chief chief came out when I was in college, living in the frat house, and we'd play the hell out of that. You know, like mm-hmm. you'd have your classic rock vibes, you have your rap nights, and then you'd have some where we're just we're we're putting our boots on and we're getting country, and we ripped the hell out of some chief. Uh, but I digress right because there the thing that I took the my first immediate takeaway like it when I saw that was. Man, they got they do not have a deep pool of candidates that want this job. I mean, 
in the athletics report, they also talked about the Beamer guy who's Oklahoma's offensive coordinator. I don't even know. He's never been an offensive or defensive coordinator. This is just the CEO kind of sell. The Dabo sell, the Sam Pitt, what Sam Pittman's doing now. Mm-hmm. It's just, I've been around a while. He's got a fancy last name. Yeah, yeah. And coach, that, that, that carries he coached, around there. He coached at South Carolina in their heyday under Spurrier. So he's got some players backing him. He's probably got Spurrier in his back pocket, plus his dad in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what that kind of is. And that to me, that seems like who they wanted they want to hire. I think they kind of like Bobo hiring Beamer would allow them to keep him, and mm-hmm. then he can go out and use his connections to hire the rest of the staff. And they don't have to pay that, to fire Bobo. I think <laughs> I think that's the sell. And you, they want like they're gonna they want to get a coach in here right away. They like they could hire Beamer tomorrow if they wanted to. Like he would leave Oklahoma mm-hmm. tomorrow uh, to be. And I think that's who they want to hire. And if you read uh, Josh Kendall's post with Athletic that came out, he talks about it. Kind of goes over all the candidates, whatnot. Um, Billy Napier wasn't at the top. Well, and he wasn't too because, uh, well, at, at least he can't be interviewed because he just tested positive for COVID. So mm-hmm. it kind of screwed up his chance of getting the in-person meet and greet. Yeah, but here's the th- yeah, but here's the thing with that. In my opinion, Napier is he had Mississippi State, he had Baylor. They both came after him hard last year. Arkansas, mm-hmm. like he can be choosy on where he wants to go. He's kind yeah, of like yeah. the hot name right now. Mm-hmm. And to get him, South Carolina is going to have to pay a good chunk of money. I don't know after the buyout if they're really willing to do that or not. For a, You know, he really hasn't proved it on a big level yet. So, like, to me, that's the guy you hire. That's You, get, you do what you can to make that your hire, get right. that done. But it seems like they're not doing it. And then they leaked all this to the media already. The president's running this search, and he's a he's – a, <laughs> No nonsense. He, well, he's just a he's um a, a loose cannon. I, th- yeah, I mean, he yeah. comes off as a loose cannon. He showed up to the Greenville newspaper and just like started spouting off at him, like just went into a conference room yeah. with him and just talked for like an hour yeah. on the he's record. A, yeah, he's a wild card. Yeah. Um, now the other name that was floated out there was um, yeah. Now I'm drawing a blank. The coastal guy, uh, Jamie Chadwell. Yeah. So yeah. that's why to me it's like Beamer and Chadwell you can get for uh, fifteen cents on the dollar, probably when compared to some of these other coaches. So if you're trying to save money, which really you should never make a hire like this. Like you should hire who you think is the best coach. Like it shouldn't be about money. It's this is a bigger impact than what you're paying the head coach. Right, right. Because this but is it, all, I mean, right. That's ultimately why they fired Muschamp is because yeah. He didn't inspire donors, and that's where the real money is. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I, I think it's bizarre. Like, what, man? The Satterfield decision to get his name in there, and really the only reason why they're in him too is because of his connections to the area. But you, I'd be pissed if I was Satterfield that that got out as as bold as it did. Yeah, and like, it'd be one thing if he was interested, but to have it in there saying that he is interviewing for this job. Yeah, and I mean. Because what, what was the fr- the terminology that was used in the Stoops hire, or when, whenever he talked with Florida State? What was the – it was chatter. It was a uh, – it was kind of like, yeah, a conversation. Like they had a pre- preliminary yeah. talks. Yeah, which that's what – if you're Satterfield, that's how you would want to phrase it. And then you say, I turned them down. But, you know, like you can rally people around there. 
Like kind of well, how Stoops did. Stoops he can, played still it kind of do, He can do that thing. But now I think a little faith base, they're like, they're probably upset about it. It seemed that at least that's what I'm seeing on. Oh yeah. Oh Twitter machine. Oh M- Mangus was fired up. Yeah, um, yeah. And what I like too is that they considered Satterfield like a backup plan that, well, you know, he's going to be here for a while. And if he pumped and dumped him after two years, because the, the cupboard's going to be pretty bare once, uh, now, now that you got JV on Hawkins gone and is, is Tutu Atwell, uh-huh. I thought, is he just a sophomore or is he? He's a junior. junior. They're the same. They were the same. Re- no, yeah. They were the same recruiting class, him and Hawkins. So like, Bobby's last full class. If Atwell decides like, I'm good on this Scott and his tots, like what, what, what does he have there? I mean, I know they got the, yeah, I guess Fitzpatrick, they, they recruited his little brother. Last yeah. year, I mean, we don't like next year is a year where we'll see, we'll start to see his recruits. He would get Cunningham back as a redshirt senior quarterback. Yeah, I mean, uh, my Kentucky roll call producer Trevor Kelsey just loathes, and it's like him or Carson Wentz. You know, who's going to throw that? The thing was deep balls and interceptions. Well, Louisville's you know? just been they've been um, spoiled by quarterbacks. So if if you I mean, think Cunningham is Kentucky bad, has, if you has, think has Cunningham, if you think he's a bad quarterback. Uh, come, I'll come show you some bad quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, you've got two starters in the NFL right, right. now. They're yeah. spoiled. Yeah, right. Um, but nevertheless, I just all right. Like it just I, I I posed the question on Twitter, and this really is I it's it's difficult. Where because here's the thing: Satterfield might end up being a decent coach we don't know the jury's out but the one time kentucky's played him kicked his ass kicked his ass real good and he whined about it afterwards it was a lot of fun uh to just pile up on him so my question to you lucky where would you rather see him and this is being a very cocky uh schmarmy kentucky fan as like tony Vanetti would describe it but if you've got a coach how Louisville fans used to say, like, keep Mark Stoops there so we can just keep beating him up. We're gonna put we're gonna flip that and reverse it. Would you rather have Satterfield at Louisville or South Carolina? Both teams you play once a year. One of them you get a trophy afterwards after the game if you win. It's big for recruiting. The other one, uh, you just it, it's in your division and it's a team that you've pretty much owned far except for last year when you didn't really have a quarterback going into that game. Um, but in order to maintain the level you're at in the SEC, you've got to win that game regularly. Um, so, look at where would you rather have Scott Satterfield, South Carolina or Louisville? Satterfield has yet to prove that he can go toe to toe with Kentucky on the recruiting trail. Since he's gotten here, Kentucky has kind of owned the state. Um, specifically against Louisville, they've just steamrolled them. And Louisville's a school they recruit against a lot, so I would prefer him to be at Louisville. See, and that was that was my answer was going to come down to recruiting because the yeah. thing is, like it is, you know, once we that was the question with Satterfield, and we still don't really know this class he's got in twenty twenty one is pretty good, but there's also there was also a lot of good Kentucky players, and he didn't get any of them. Yeah, he's gotten one guy that UK also recruited, and that was Jordan Watkins in right. two years. And like this and class he's got is good for him, but the fact that he in a good Kentucky crop he couldn't get anybody, and he had to go out and kind of use resources elsewhere, that tells me a lot of things probably went right for them on the recruiting trail this past year. What happens if you know you don't have such a great year, or you come off a year like this season, mm-hmm. or in twenty twenty two, and you don't have the Kentucky crop to fall back on, and you have maybe a bad 
that's just the thing with him. It's just proving it year over year that he can really do it recruiting-wise is the huge question with him. Because here's the thing, too, Luckett. When like, – so Kentucky, all, all of the top prospects essentially in the state who – aren't going to UK, they're going out of, you know, they're going to Notre Dame or, um, I mean, I'm blanking on it. Ohio State, Dunn's yeah, going to kid, Ohio State. Yeah. But the, two. the thing is, in a lot of these guys where you had like their finalist. They're not well, even competing against. No, the they're, yeah. they're, I mean, they're not even in the mix. I mean, Purdue is mm-hmm. more in the mix than Louisville is. And that's got to be, I mean, it's right where Kentucky wants to be. If you're a Louisville fan, I mean, because who's even their guys at Pete Nocta? Is he supposed to be their local guy? Like, I don't know, man. That that's why it seems like they got keep him in Louisville. (laughs) Seems like they got two guys really doing it recruiting wise. It's um, uh, what is this Court? Is that his name? Courtland Court Court Dennison. Court Dennison, and then they just hired a linebacker coach. Um, who's really like I think got some connections in Georgia. It's got him rolling a little bit down there. I can't think of his name right now. It's his first year on the staff. Mm-hmm. So like you look at they've got some good kids from North Carolina, from Georgia, but it's just weird they're not. The only local kid they did have was that kid off of the tackle in New Albany, yeah. um, Zen Mikowski or Michaelowski or he had some Polish name, but he's he's going to Ohio State. Flipped him. He's going to be the one three star in Ohio State's class. Brutal. Oh, you hate to see it. You absolutely hate to see it. Um, but I just, I'm, I was so happy that news happened before we started the show because, uh, frankly, like it, that Alabama game is not one that's a lot of fun to talk about because I don't know, man. You, going into this, you kept asking, saying, like, this is a measuring stick for Kentucky's offense. What can you show us? I think that got turned on its head upside down a little bit when you lost Chris Rodriguez. But look at they still move the ball. They got it inside the 10 twice on two out of the first three drives. And then bad snap. And then I don't I, I forget what happened on that fourth drive, but yet another one where there was a, a bad snap hold situation. The holding call Landon Young was was brutal. Yeah. Uh, on the second drive where smoke got gets down to the two and you think you're mm-hmm. gonna punch it in and it just uh. so like it you Here's your measuring stick. How yeah. the cats measure up? They <laughs> didn't uh, come close. <laughs> it's just nothing has been easy this entire season. I mean, even Kentucky gets some good drives going and they can't score points, which has been the weird. I mean, it's just been weird because you come into the season with this offensive line, senior quarterback. You think you're going to be pretty efficient on offense. We knew all season creating explosive plays is going to be an issue for the team, even mm-hmm. before the season started. We thought the efficiency would be there and they'd be able to finish drives in the red zone. And they really haven't all season. They have been bad, bad at finishing drives all year. It's been an issue. Other than Vanderbilt and Ole Miss, finishing drives with touchdowns has been a a big issue for this team. Um, And then you saw in this game, they didn't have Chris Rodriguez, so they didn't have um, their monster efficiency weapon. Right, <laughs> and so they didn't have them to go to, and then it, it it snowballed on them, and they just couldn't get off, get out of the way. Um, I think you know when we talked during the bye week, what I said was I wanted to see the defense really keep getting better and crank it up in this last part of the season. Don't let the the offensive inept and dude 
um, ineptitude, excuse me, derail the progress they've made on defense. Well, since we came back from the bye week, they've taken two big steps back. They've allowed 12 touchdowns on the last 13 scoring opportunities uh, teams have had. So they're not getting – they're just not – I mean, they're just not getting stops. They're bending and they're breaking. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and the thing was, too, I remember when you asked me that question and I didn't even bat it. Like, I just assumed that that was a given, that the defense would just keep on grinding it out. And they have, Well, when, you, when, you, when you're tagged with an offense like that, that's always – it, it can happen at any moment. It's just like a boxer. Like, you, you you hang in there and you fight, but eventually the body blows just get to you. And I think that's what's kind of happened with this defense. They just know in the back of their minds that, you know, as soon as Alabama scored 21 points, they just – like, the defense knew the game was over. Yeah. It's almost like the, old, like the Chicago Bears teams where – Peanut Tillman and uh, was Suggs no Suggs was a Ravens guy. No, Lance Briggs. Briggs, yeah, there we go. That that was the double G that I was thinking of. Uh, but like those teams where they were incredible in defense, but they had to win games, you know, thirteen to ten because their offense was just an abomination to football. And it's kind of where Kentucky's at right now because the times that they actually do get humming. They don't they, they don't turn it into points. And that's yeah. that's been a problem all year long. I just looked it up like twelfth in the SEC in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Yeah. Just a clip over fifty percent. Yeah, that, I mean, just scoring. on scoring opportunities, they're putting up like three, three it's three and change points per chance to score. That's <laughs> so bad. Yeah. So like we've seen twice against Alabama and Georgia. Two defenses that are good, got a lot of talent, but they're not like these. They're not the Bears' defense like you just talked about. Mm -hmm. You should be able to score on these defenses. And the fact that they put up six points in eight quarters, it's just like (laughs) whatever you're doing ain't working. Yeah. Well, the thing was, like it is at the beginning of the game, we were seeing things that at least look different to where Keaton Upshaw is just running downfield without anybody on him in – that is something we haven't seen all year. And for mm-hmm. them to like be capable of that, yet only get one first down in a half. You know, that that that's the part where there's there's justifiable frustration. Right. I, I try not to get too hard on them for that because I mean Chris Rodriguez is their identity. That's what they want to do. Without him, they don't really have that what they can go to. And like when you script up, you know, your first 20 plays in a Get a game you can do that, but eventually you got to go back to what you do, like your identity, what you run, what you've run since the beginning of the year. You can't, you can only have so many plays scripted up for a week. I think you have to have your base package, your eight to ten plays. That a lot you of slants in that base package. Yeah, that you run and you, <laughs> that's your go-to that you have to be good at that you do a thousand yeah. times. That no one can stop. Like you should, it don't matter what front you see or what you should be able to succeed at this play because this is what you do. And Kentucky just they. They just couldn't find it there on Saturday. I, I mean, I don't – it's kind of a double-edged sword because I don't get on them too much because, obviously, you lose Rodriguez on Friday. Um, yeah. They come out and say you lose Rig, who's, you know, not the greatest player, but he's an important piece of a lot of stuff they do on offense. So, it, it kind of like scraps your game plan for the most part. But at the same time, they they haven't used Rodriguez like he's their best player. Yeah. It's just, it's just frustrating. It's – what they're doing right now, it's just not working. And I know, like, we've heard Stoops this week talk about, you know, all they've been through. The staff, like, they only had 
offensive staff member, one or two for the last couple of weeks at, at yeah. practice since, or whatnot. Since the Tennessee game, they've had at least one or two absences. Yeah, but this is – some of these offensive issues kind of – they've stretched over five years for Grant. Like, I, I put up a stat this week, and, like, he's on 35% of his – or 37.5% of the SEC games he's been a coordinator in, the offense has scored 15 points or less. So a third of the time, they're not getting more than two touchdowns a game. Right. So you're entering a phase, which is looks like the, the this conference is trending in a certain direction where you're going to have to score points. Mm-hmm. And a third of the time you go out, you're only getting two touchdowns. It's like, well, it's going to be hard to win moving forward if we're doing that. So you have to figure out – Something, something has to change, and it's not an easy decision for Mark Stoops because I know like the fire grant has come up with, and I've gone back and forth with it whether they need to change or not change, and I kind of dug in and tried to find some candidates this weekend, and I mean it's you're talking yourself into a lot. I mean there's no real <laughs> for sure thing. I think right. I got one to two that I would feel really good about if he could pull off, but it's not it's not for certain. So I don't. He's just they got to figure out something. The problem well, is the Kentucky style of play, I think, works. I think it's a proven style. But you can't do any of it without – if you can't get explosive plays in the past game, you're just yeah. wa- you're wasting everybody's time. You're not going to do anything if you cannot do that. And I think that's the biggest issue facing facing them right now. Yeah, and moving forward, uh, Josh Ali is your top recruiting target for next year because you need to have somebody who yeah. you can at least – it's an it's a known uh quantity um and you hope that you can have him bring along some of these freshmen from this year uh maybe get a transfer or so i don't know um but i mean especially with the new rule that's likely coming in january where they can play right away go to the portal the portal's been kind of in some areas they need to be refreshing the receiver page on 24 7's transfer portal every day to see who's out there because they have to get some help there. Yeah, they just have to. And the, there's, there's, there's no way around it. So, um, but he, Eddie Grant had an interesting quote today and it was just like a line that he, you know, he, he some of these things with these coaches, man, sometimes you, you never know like what, what's going to elicit the response. Cause he starts when asking about the criticism, he, he says that he doesn't read anything, which, I mean, he, there were telltale signs that he didn't that he was in fact reading things by the way he was responding to some of the questions. I never believe that any of these coaches don't read anything, not for a single second. He says, "Well, it must be bad because I'm getting texts from friends all over how, the country." That's where I thought you were going. But the the one thing that I did that he snuck in here was uh, uh, well, later on in this quote. I'm just going to kind of skim over some of it. You can read it all at Kentucky Sports Radio. Dot com says, I'm going to do my best for the University of Kentucky each and every day. Our job is to go out there and get better this week. That's what we're trying to do. Kids have been awesome. Players phenomenal. Try to keep a great, great attitude. And that's all you can do. This is a tough, tough business. If you've got the faint of heart, you're not going to last. It's part of the job, part of the position I have. People make decisions. I'm going to do what I've got to do to make this football team better each and every week. And the people make decisions line like it. I know it's just three words, but he's at least like he knows that's out there that people are talking about. 
kicking his ass to the curb. And I, I, I don't know. Do you read into that anymore? Or is that just something he's kind of, eh, eh. Oh, I mean, we could do some digging on this. Like, <laughs> I do think there's something there to Kentucky goes to Joey Gatewood. There's rumors that Terry Wilson is going to opt out. Mm-hmm. They play the game. They get Terry to stay. He's on the sidelines for the Georgia game. Mm-hmm. Joey Gatewood plays. And after playing the toughest defense he saw all year, did some good things, did some bad things. He, they just don't play him. Like, why? they just don't play him against one of the worst defenses they're going to play in the next game. So you don't really get to see what Gatewood has. There's definitely some bells ringing in my head that there was maybe a, a, a coach's meeting saying that. This is what we're going to do, damn it. Well, we need Terry. Like, if we're going to succeed, I, we need Terry. And it's almost like them saying to Snoops, we can't do this without Terry. And then Snoops saying, okay, I'm like giving you a, all right, well, I'm going to give you this chance, but you got to do something with it. If you don't do something with it, you know, it might be time to move on kind of thing. I mean, we also I don't, I, had that I, awkward Henshaw thing where he talked about just hugging Terry. Yeah, that it was, was just – I did that, that that move just does not make sense to me. Why you would – we don't know the severity of that wrist injury Terry had, but certainly looked fine when we saw him. <laughs> so – I think there was definitely something there because that that that, that was just that's just a strange strange move to to start a quarterback one game against the toughest team you're going to play um, for what appeared to be not we don't think I mean we all I think we all I think we're all smart enough to realize that there was definitely like some there was an opt out issue that could have happened there yeah yeah so and then you go back to the guy your starter it, it just seemed like. I don't know. It just seemed like somebody in the program probably stood up for him saying we need him to start, but why would you go do that and whatnot? It just. Well, and then you throw in John Charman and all that into the, I mean, that's where like part of me looking is trying to be super critical and Mm -hmm. because I, I I feel like that's part of my job, but on the other hand, it's football. It's a small sample size sport. We only get so many games to judge these guys off of. And we, we get talk fewer off. this year, yeah. and it's all SEC teams. And then you add into the weird pro- COVID protocols, and then on top of that, you know, you you've got a coach dying on you. And I mean, everybody's human. Like, dude, like it. It's not like this job we have is that freaking hard, but it wears on you when it, when it comes around Thanksgiving. The, the just all of it, you know, it's football season. It wears everybody down to a certain degree, and these guys have been essentially doing it since like June or something where they've been doing all these COVID protocols and everything. Like there, there's, yeah. there's really a human element that I, I do want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but how much, I don't know. I don't know how much, but I can't completely crap on them because they, they've definitely been doing something right. There's a solid foundation there. There's something's gone wrong with the offense and it, it's got to be fixed. The foundation is fine. But it's clear that they need like some new paint in the living room, or a new entertainment stand, or maybe a different Ooh, kind of couch. Definitely a new TV. I mean, you got plenty of Black Friday deals right now. You know, why not upgrade? Yeah, they they need just. I think they just need a spark. And you're right about Schlarman. 
And like I like I keep bringing up the Missouri game in my head, but then that was also the first game they didn't have without him. So mm-hmm. obviously they were probably you know going I mean, through something there. When he didn't travel, I think the right you know they're not we're not idiots you know. Yeah. Sharman's been there the whole step of the way, and then he's just not showing up. Like it's not it's not a good sign for what's to come. Yeah. So, but then I also go back on it. There's no excuse for them not to be like using Chris Rodriguez as more of a focal point of the offense. Like, and that the fact that that hadn't really happened until the Georgia game, I think, was kind of a pretty big glaring mistake in hindsight. And just, uh, I think the game plans in general they've had this year has just been kind of like, well, what what are we doing here? Kind of thing. This seems silly. Yeah, there was a couple of just like huge whiffs that were pretty uncharacteristic where if they were missing, it wasn't just like an all systems failure kind of deal. So, yeah, I mean, the Mississippi State game, like the story leaving that game and long term will be just what Kentucky's defense did and how fun that was. But it was also the offense was god awful. I mean, there were a couple fumbles that could have. Terry had one backed up that they over they they caught him on the field and overturned it, and then he had the, the safety that Allen Daly picked up. Like those could have been Mississippi State touchdowns. It wasn't far from that. Then the offense was so bad, and they they that game Kentucky could have won that game like forty two to nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it was so bad. And that's that's been the offense. But and the thing is though, like it that I like. Yes, but also in retrospect, Kentucky, I mean, I know it's one stat that I keep hanging my head on that I just haven't done a lot of digging, but I saw that stat and was shocked. But the 2016 team and the 2019 team were ranked second and third all-time in yards per play in school history. Like, they, they moved the ball well. They were explosive when they had a couple weapons out there. And, uh, you know, one of the other things that he was asked about tonight – and he was he he said it in the nicest way, but Josh Moore was like, you know, Alabama and Florida, these offenses are really going at a crazy level. He's like, you know, what's kind of the deal? And he's like, well, personnel has a lot to do with it. I mean, you got Trayvon Grimes, Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts, a little bit easier to to rev up your offense than you know, no, no offense to these guys, but that's where I I I, I don't know the answer to to it yet. I haven't come to that conclusion, and a lot of it's going to be dictated on the last two games of the year. Right. Um, but do you do you, do you trust that guy? Do you, do you give him a chance with some of the young pieces that he's helped recruit here, or do you say, you know what, we need to get a young guy in here, and even though it might be something different than what they recruited here for, we got let's go, let's give somebody else a shot and see what they can do. You make the recruiting argument, they're playing with the guys he recruited this year. No, you're right. You're and right. And then they stopped bringing in his recruiting areas. Like, they're kind of, I mean, like, there's, a, I think Grant has done a good job. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of, like, to me, some writing on the wall. Like, it just, you need to just go ahead. And I think it's going to be best cool. for both parties if you just move on. And maybe that might have been his comment today. 
maybe because there was some uh what game was it 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 was the missouri game where stoops had a i've got some tough decisions to make maybe that was a part of the terry wilson conversation joey gatewood conversation who knows um but it could be it could be a spicy offseason like it i'm curious though you had the john summerall name ready to roll last time you shot your shot i'm curious you said you had one or two that would be palatable just you know, for many folks out there who just want some names to keep it on, maybe to look them up this Saturday, check out what they've got to offer. What are you come okay. up with? There's a guy by the name of Kale Gundy. He's Mike Gundy's little brother. Does he have a mullet? He's been at – he's been at – no, I don't think so. He's been at Oklahoma since he was in college. He's done everything you can think of in the Oklahoma football program. Majority of his time, he, his brother yeah. was there. He doesn't call plays. He's kind of the offensive – he's the offensive coordinator in name now. What's the relationship there? Could you get him? I think that would excite a lot of people. You bring somebody off Lincoln Riley's tree. Yeah. And you give him the chance to call out, plays. Yeah. It's not full-out air raid. It's in the – you know, it's kind of a hybrid kind of offense. that They do a lot of air raid stuff, but they're not going – they're not running tempo. If you watch Oklahoma, they're not really put on the gas 100%. Um, and they're they're creative, unique offense. And he's learned he's worked under, you know, Lincoln Riley, Josh Heupel, who's doing good things at UCF, Mark Mangino, who Mark Stoops has a really good relationship with, mm-hmm. and other guys. So that's that's my that's the one name. Makes sense. So, and then like other ones, you're Kevin Wilson was, uh one of Mark or Bob Stoops offensive coordinators at Oklahoma. He was head coach at Indiana, did some good things, but he got fired for like some player abuse. Yeah. I don't things. know if Mitch Mark, Mark would have to do a lot of convincing for Mitch yeah. to give him that green. But light. he's at out he's at Ohio State right now, but he doesn't call plays. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Day is not going to be at Ohio State for very much longer. Like he's going to go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Give him a chance to call plays. Who knows? Now Kevin Wilson kind of um trained this guy named Kevin Johns who moved on, worked with Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, worked a year for Mike Norvell at Memphis. Now he's Memphis's offensive coordinator. It's not full-on air raid, but they do do some tempo-type stuff. But he – like, if you want to talk about modernizing the passing attack, that's the kind of guy that would come in and would modernize the passing attack. Right. So, like, there's some names out there. And, like, if you just wanted to go old-school SEC, Mike Bobo is going to be a free agent, possibly. And the guy can recruit – his ass off like he's gonna get you some dudes from georgia up here so and he gets under center he runs the ball but he also does some more like he proved to colorado state he can do some throwing stuff but you know but there's no like there's no obvious sure answer i think when stoops got rid of shannon dawson i think he thought he was getting lincoln riley and it looked like at a time he was going to get him until yeah, Stoops where his brother came along. Was he East Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Man. And if you look at Lincoln Riley, he was good, but he wasn't like, he wasn't he three like, Heisman trophy guys in a Yes, row, he guys. wasn't off the charts like this stud of all studs. He was he was young and we thought he, you know, he could grow into something. And then he just exploded at Oklahoma. Well, and here's the thing. Stoops has had a pretty pretty good track record of hiring coaches. I know Shannon Dawson didn't jive, but He's done pretty good at hiring guys, excluding the receivers room. 
And like you said, he had his eye on Lincoln Riley, and he just lost out with his brother Bob for that sweepstake. So if if there's some guy out there that he's had his eye on and he's willing to make a move for it, I'd trust him. Um, but I do like that you've at least kind of set the table if that were to happen. And, you know, I don't think – look, at a, I think I can speak for you and say I don't think we're on the standing on the corner shouting fire ready grand uh, just yet. I mean – Maybe there, the some wheels are already in motion. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, last eight quarters is going to tell a lot. Like, if you go down here and you put up 10 points at Florida, a Florida defense that's not great. That's not good. Pretty they, average. they don't tackle, especially their, their, their run defense is not good. It's pretty average. So, if you go down there, you can't score points. And then you go, maybe you play South Carolina, you win 17-13. I, I mean, I know, like, this season is so weird, and you have to judge it on a curve. Like, you do have to judge it on a curve. But the problem is we don't know how big of a curve. And I think you have to look at – when I when I look at this, I'm looking at all five years. Mm-hmm. They just can't create a passing game. They just can't – like, it's just been, it's been five seasons. We have whatever oh. five times, you know, four times 13 plus 10 more. We're going to have all those games – all that stuff to pull. They just haven't – it just hasn't happened. Well, and, and the thing to look at is I thought that if the passing didn't work, they would just run the shit out of the football and just mow teams down that way. And that's what they did last year. And they've got guys back there to do it, and they didn't even just say, you know what, screw it, we're just going to run the damn ball down your throat and we're still going to score points that way. And they haven't even been able to do that. Yeah. That's why I don't really buy into the stoops like that he – um holds him back or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't buy that under, Holds the offense under his thumb. Like, it was up to Mark Stoops. We'd be hitting the damn wildcat if we were going <laughs> on third down. You know, all-American punter. Yeah. So, like, I don't I don't necessarily buy that, well, uh, buy and, that specifically. And I don't buy this, like, oh, we're never going to – Mark Stoops will never want a passing offense. Like, dude, do you remember how many times Sawyer Smith threw it in that Florida game when Kentucky had a lead at halftime? Well, just his first three offense – his first three hires were uh, – you know, air raid, air raid, and then Grand was running tempo, and they were going – they were throwing the ball over the place at Cincinnati. And the Drew Barker game, the first half against Southern Miss, what what happened is Stoops just – he's had enough. He just doesn't want tempo. Yeah, which is fair. You don't have yeah. – and you don't have to do. Yeah. I still think – I still think the base foundation, the base formula is right. It's try to try to possess the ball, do some type of ball control on offense – um, keep your defense in good spots. Play this dink and dunk style on defense, and then try to get stops back. To be good at getting stops back up. But to do that, at some point in time, you got to be able to throw a haymaker. You got to be able to go get a forty-five yard gain. You got to be able to hit a nine route and just gain thirty-three yards on a first down. Like if you can't, if you can't create those explosive plays, it just it makes it makes it so hard. And then when you play these really good teams teams Kentucky has set the foundation now where they should be able to go and take a swing at these teams and at least be competitive and if a couple things bounce right you should be able to you know pull a big upset you're not going to do it if you can't score points right the way that the way the SEC is trending right now and Florida is the I mean you kind of saw it in the first half of the Vandy game where we, we I mean hell I've made fun of Todd Grantham many a times for just blitzing his ass off and because the thing is is it, it reminds me of the old ryan brothers 
uh, Rob down in New Orleans when yeah. it, it was just like, we're going to bring the house. And it works for Mullins. He's got a great offense. So who really cares? You know, yeah, especially first, this year. Yeah. Like you have the offense to do it. So why not just go for big plays on defense? Because when you, when you blitz like that, you're either going to make big plays or you're just leaving, giving the offenses huge opportunities to make big plays. And look at, that's why this should be the easiest week to make some, like, like to get some chunk plays. So I think it is fair to, to let the jury be out because, you know, if, if, if Terry Wilson can, you know, I mean, it is a chess match to an extent. Sometimes you're like, you're just going to lose some of those. But the times that you have the blitz picked up correctly, you should be able to hit some big plays against this Florida defense. Mm-hmm. But, but we they just haven't seen it all year. That's why Florida's allowed seven touchdowns of 40 plus yards this season. Yeah. In vain. I mean, I, I watched some uh, more Florida Vanderbilt than I one thought of I was going to. Yeah. One of, yeah. That was really. How about Dan Mullen? He broke eight tackles. Go into the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get dressed in the hotel. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that bus ride would be with your full pads on? I guess they probably didn't have shoulder pads on. Andy Staples tweeted out something of, I think it was Florida or Vandy's Twitter account, tweeted out game day, and it was a shot of the stadium, and you could see, like, the buildings in the background. And one of them was the Marriott. He says that you can watch the game from the elliptical in the workout room of the Marriott <laughs> inside the stadium. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, what can, not aside from Kyle Pitts, who's the scariest pass catcher Florida's got? I mean, Tony can break it at any point. The pro, the thing with this passing attack, it's just so balanced. They got so many weapons, and Trask is just he's been on fire. Can, like can, Trask throws the ball in traffic a lot, and he throws some flutters, and he throws the ball up in the air. He's got that like Russell Wilson pop up pass kind of thing going on. And he, you'll there'll be a throw where you're like, this is getting intercepted, and boop, it just hits a receiver in their hands. <laughs> I think that's the most, the scariest part because Florida, it's kind of an air raid offense in the fact that really they're running the ball just to keep you honest. Like, and they do it like their running backs low key are probably the I think maybe the most dangerous part of their passing game in a weird way because every, when they go to them. They usually get 10, 12 yards. They help move the chains. And, like, if you're checking down the guys like that and they're getting yards, like, it just helps your offense in so many ways. Um, and then they just – they play a lot of receivers and they're all pretty good. I mean, they're pretty good. They got pretty good size on the outside. And then Tony's just this, you know, dynamic slot receiver. My uh, – I, I forget what week it was, but you said Dan Mullen better be sending Mark Stoops a thank you card. should be at least a gift basket. At this point, yeah. because well, though if you look Kyle at the Trask, Vandy game, you're welcome. You're welcome for Kyle Trask. If you look at the Vandy game, Vandy passed the ball really well against them. The problem was they couldn't run it. If they would have had Keon Henry Brooks, that game would have been closer. Did they? Ever, Vandy probably scores a t- touchdown to ten more points with Brooks Keon Henry Brooks in the game. Did they ever find out what was wrong with him? I would assume he broke his rib. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Never see like some of these injury updates. Trying to find them online. I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on with Tulsa's quarterbacks because they were down to their third when they chucked up that yeah. hail mary. Was it Friday night? I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got their game canceled. So did uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota today. It's Tuesday, and we already got games canceled. 
really disappointed. Don't get to see Mike. My goodness, that Minnesota, they got away with just highway robbery against Purdue as a crowd, an absolute freaking crowd. Stupid pass interference. I'm not mad about it. You're mad about it. But um, anyway, back to Florida. Uh, what, what are the chances Kentucky pulls a 2018? Uh, not very good. They just they just <laughs> don't have the ammo, man. Like, that's all it comes down to. They just don't have the ammo to keep up. Like, Florida – Florida is fine playing like a limited possession game. Like they're not going tempo. They're cool with just slowly marching down the field with their passing game. But the problem is they're like scoring all the time. Their punter is averaging less than two punts a game. And it's one of the McPhersons, right? Or that's no. their place kicker. They've had a McPherson and uh who's their the kicker? Townsend. Player? Townsend's. They, yeah, it's not a Townsend this year. Yeah, they had Townsend's there for like 10 years. It was like the Florida's version of Tennessee's Coquit. Yeah, they had him forever. So it, uh, I'm, at least they finally moved on from there. Uh, and you know what? Hey, first time this year, Kentucky won't be on the network. ESPN, we're getting Joe Tess and Greg McElroy. I, I'm, I haven't confirmed that, but they always get that I ESPN. Think, I think it's a divorce. We're getting divorce check. I think I saw. No, we don't get Tess. No, we're getting Dusty. Damn it. And Mark Jones. Man, I miss, I miss Joe Tess doing SEC games. He 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 just has that big game voice. And what can I'm tired of them poaching all of our good teams from the SEC network. I hope they don't do that with Tom Hart, Rogers, and Kublik, because they're the only good they're, they're, they're the only good announcing team they got left over there. For I me mean, for a while. I mean, hell, they had Musburger on Saturday night. I know. So they've had him and Palmer. It's been a great farm system just for developing talent over yeah, there. Look at Rutledge right now. Yeah, I know, and they're still keeping it on SEC Nation. Uh, it's good for her at least for doing ads you know she gets to do all those academy ads and everything but she she's she's nfl for the most part besides that sec nation show mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah a nooner on espn uh yeah. the key for this i would just like like kentucky come out fast start can you hang just hang around get in the second half within striking distance and then the thing with this game, it's going to be limited possession. So if you can move the chains on offense, put together some long drives, um, and get a timely turnover too, you might have a chance there to make something happen. But do we know if Chris Rodriguez was a negative test Stoops was talking about? I don't think he was. All right. I'm I, I'm pretty sure it was Jamin Davis because okay, just just from, I mean he. The depth chart addition stuff that would make the most sense because uh, th- that's that's what I I'm most certain that's the case. Okay, well, I can do some digging, but I don't I don't think it's Rodriguez because Rodriguez in this game, like he could be a guy I could see having a lot of success running against Florida. Problem with Kentucky's other backs are there. It's a lot of it's a lot of two, one, three yard gains, and then they'll pop a ten where Rodriguez can go five, six, seven, five, six, seven over and over and over. Yeah, and that hurts because that when that happens, you get behind the chains, and then you have to lean on your passing game. And we've seen what happens when Kentucky has to lean on their passing game. I will at least say that AJ Rose played a good game. That was his best game of the season. Yeah, he he played well without having Rodriguez there, but you got limited snaps in the second half or in the final three qu- quarters in general, and just couldn't get anything going. So, well, I don't want to think. Yeah, I don't know. Like anymore. I worry about. Man, like if they go out here and get house, which I think is definite possibility. Like I could definitely see them losing forty-five to ten. Oh yeah, I'm just hoping it's not sixty again. 
at this point. Like, yeah, but like, what worries me, Luckett, is that the forty-five to ten or whatever happens, and then Carolina has some opt-outs and some COVID, and then you don't get to beat up on somebody at the end of the year. I worry about that because we, we've talked about it before. Very important how you end seasons, and if you end with Florida, Bama, and nothing else before a bowl game, yeah, like the. Yeah, it just – yeah, I, it's going to be bad if they – because, like, we got the whole kind of uh, – the bad, all the basketball tweets that drive me freaking crazy during that game on Saturday. There's nothing – I want to sh- – like, uh, I, I don't get more hashtag mad online than when I see that. Oh, <laughs> it makes me so mad. Yeah, it, it drives me up a wall. Like, why can't we have two sports? Why do we have to make these stupid jokes? Well, because, you know, it, it's one of those things where, especially in social media, you try to get the uh, the low-hanging fruit. Try to be corny funny. Well, and it's also, like, if you can be the first to it, then your friend might think, like, oh, that's good. Even though, I mean, come on, we've heard it a thousand times. It's to the it's, point where it's like a cliche with announcers. You're making but, you're making fun of yourself, though. I, that's why I don't know. It drives me. It drives me. I mean, me to be fair, though, it is going to be nice to watch some Kentucky basketball this yeah. week. And I tell Taylor this all the time. Another thing that drives me crazy, I go to a football game and I see Kentucky people wearing basketball jerseys. Oh, see, I, I, I get that from one, like I did a thing one year where I wore a football jersey during basketball games and basketball jersey during football games because of luck. So I don't think that's always the case. Like I'm just a weirdo. No, I don't like think that. it is. But. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And also, the, the jerseys that they sell to Kentucky fans, the football jerseys, very obnoxious <laughs> with the sleeves. Yeah. The sleeves yes. are a whole lot. It's not yes. like the kind of sleeves that they have on the uniforms. The sleeves on the jerseys fans get are very obnoxious. Yes. Now, I know that's probably – I'm a little out there on that. But the, the whole uh, – just the, the, the afternoon on Twitter was not a good afternoon. No. Between that no. and the whole, like – all the blowout jokes you had, I had to see and this and that. Uh, it was not my favorite day to be on social media. Well, you know what is going to be pretty great, though, is we got an Egg Bowl this weekend, damn it. We talked yes. about the Egg Bowl for almost 300 – I mean, it was a regular part of our podcast for the longest time. Now we finally get the Egg Bowl, and it sucks like it because Mississippi State is just god-awful. And I Now know- they showed some signs of life last weekend, though. Well, let's hope they give a little bit of life. Let's hope this rivalry brings it out of them. I mean, it's got to, right? Uh, Leach is he's – he's about a player two away from playing guys both ways. <laughs> I mean, they had, like, what, 45 that they played last week? And I thought the limit was 53. They just decided, oh, you know, we've got enough. We haven't been hit too hard at one position group. We'll do just fine. I, I props to them, and I th- I love that like Kentucky came out and played, and there was no backing down from that. I think that's kind of like how they they're it's kind of their backbone of how they are as a program. So I was glad to see them, and I mm-hmm. think Stoops made some good comments, and I do think Stoops is good kind of in those those tough situations. Mm-hmm. When he, I think that's when he's at his best talking to the media. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. When things are difficult, and he has to like. Actually, which give a tip, straight up answer yeah exactly he doesn't he doesn't dilly dally around uh, and i appreciate it so actually old miss opened his 12 point favorites bed down to nine and a half already in this egg bowl 
10 points, I, I could see a 10-point win. It'll be a fun game. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, it's not on Thursday, though. We don't get the – and there's only yeah. a couple games on Friday. It's not our usual Thanksgiving week of football games. But I guess, you know, there's some basketball thrown in yeah. there that'll be decent. There was a there was a tweet that went around when South Carolina was running for like 600 yards on Ole Miss, and it was Ron Swanson. Like, I guess he was – didn't want to – like, he likes eating meat or whatever, so he didn't yeah. want to eat fruits or whatever. So, he's got this disgusted look on his face because he – trying to eat a banana and it was it was mike leach contemplating running the ball against this old miss <laughs> like knows i should do it but i oh, it stands man. against everything i want to be you know what it'd be a good time to have Colin hill though yeah it'd be a real good time to have Colin hill iron it's, bowl. it's gonna be a fun it'll be a fun game iron bowls this weekend too correct yeah 330 cbs by all accounts Colin. auburn is a legit top 25 team in Auburn's land or Alabama's land, like 30 points, 24 and a half right now. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's kind of like the Indiana game where my hopes are in that area in this game. It's like back in 2008, Kentucky was just an okay team. They went and played Florida. Florida started the season not all that great. They lost. Tim Tebow gave the speech. And then, like, Kentucky went down there and lost 63-5. to mm-hmm. Got, like, two punts blocked. Just got the dog, you know what, kicked out of them. <laughs> Florida goes on and win a national championship. It was one of the better college teams we've seen in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Alabama's just that this year. Yeah, they're pretty good. Because their defense – Pretty good. Well, they haven't played a quarterback yet, so we'll see. But their defense has really cranked it up here the last couple of weeks. They're, I think he's, they're starting to learn how to play modern defense – which is more kind of give up some free yards, but be really good when you get backed up in the red zone um, for some turnovers. So we'll see. Their secondary we'll see. is damn good. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, so hopefully that's what that game was, was more just uh, buzzsaw starting to ramp up. Now, they, they were going to win it with Waddle. Without him, it changes their offense because it's very Devontae Smith heavy. Yeah, which pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. But if you can if you can limit him just a little bit, it makes them a lot more easy um easy to manage through. But that's easier said than done. He's really good. Well, uh, I, I how do I say this? Like it, I'm tired of hearing about Alabama because that sucked the life out of me. So I've got a question before you before we go. You and I were both from big families. That's uh, kind of how we roll. And the the secret to Thanksgiving when you're in a big family is the first time you go through, you can't rely on seconds being around the next time you come. Like, it just might not be there. It might be gone. So what's the one food that you make sure you load up on on that first plate to make sh- just in case there aren't seconds there whenever you come back? I'm going to answer this question by telling you a story. Okay. So, like, I love mashed potatoes. I love our Thanksgiving at my family. How would we make them? My grandma made them for a long time. Then my mom makes them the same way. They are just awesome. And I'll eat a whole mountain of them at Thanksgiving. It's probably got like the skin in there too. Some good chunks. Yeah, there's some chunks, but there's no skin. They're pretty down, but they are so good. So anyway, 
when I first started dating my wife, now Taylor, she comes to our first Thanksgiving. Okay, now at my parents' house, it's huge. We got aunts, uncles. I mean, there's 25 people at the ta- at the big dining room table probably, or up to that amount maybe. And so they have the little bowls singled out everywhere. So I just grab a bowl of mashed potatoes, like for myself. <laughs> These are mine. And like Taylor is like getting mad at me. She's like, so she was getting like irate. Like, what are you doing? You can't just eat a whole bowl of mashed potatoes. I said, Welcome to our Thanksgiving. Just, just, just chill out. This is what you'll be fine. Yes, there's gonna be more. And then, I, yeah, there's like, there's, I was like, there's 28 bowls on the table. We'll be fine. And then that, that's that. That's me. That's what I'll do. I'll, a lot of mashed potatoes to start off. You, I fill it to the brim on the first plate. Oh well, yeah. You and have- then you kind of go, and then after that first, then you kind of dink and dunk what, what you, what you want after that. I'm big on dinking and dunking with desserts. Because I yeah. don't really want a whole piece of pie. I just want to like sample a few different kinds, yeah. you know. So yeah, I space it out. I usually go big on you know we do it early, so we do like a a one like dinner kind of hybrid kind of deal. Yeah. So then you, you do that, lay around, take a nap, maybe eat a little bit after that, and then like kind of get into the desserts around seven <laughs> when you you gave it room to digest, so you can really you know get your get your hands in a lot of pots here's another question is it bud light time on thanksgiving day or do you you, do you change it up to leave a little bit more room because it, it gets crowded if you're beer drinking it's, it's see tough. usually what we do is on wednesday night <laughs> we usually go out last couple of years we've gone to roosters and had a grand old time from about 6 p.m to close mm-hmm. but now that's closed down so because usually it's just it's strictly a non-drinking day for me. It's a little hangover mixed with mm-hmm. a lot of good food and a nap, football, dessert, mm, all of that. It's tough. You're to, you're gonna make decisions and then, and then relaxing for getting ramped up for you know rivalry Saturday coming up. Right. But now we don't have that, so I don't know. I don't know. This will be a. Uh, the first one where I, I'm a, I'm potentially gonna drink. I think at Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah, my, which this my, week's been weird because not having the rivalry game this Saturday stinks. This is one of the times in this weird season where I've thought, man, this stinks. Yeah, and yeah, it does. And it's just not the same fanfare when like you're going to have a big meal, but it's only like immediate family. You know, you're not seeing yeah cousin Charlie, Uncle Joe, that kind of deal. So, like my my aunt, she would make this hot uh, apple cider and just pour a bunch of old forester in it and like that's some good stuff you know by fire or something late at night so it's it's not going to be the same but uh, just as much we hope you all have a blessed and happy thanksgiving uh because you know even though time has been trying there's plenty to be thankful for uh, despite this kentucky football season we're thankful we've had it we were dying to have it uh sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for luck it but it hasn't been all down uh and who knows something crazy could happen on saturday i mean Kentucky did win the last time they were at Florida, so I will say they're due for some breaks for sure. Yeah, so Couple bounces. Let's make it happen and let's enjoy this holiday. And we hope you've enjoyed listening to Eleven Personnel. We'll be back again next week. Until then, go Cats, go Croker. <laughs>